Are you tired of playing the same old games over and over again? Are you looking to spice up your game night with creative new ideas? Look no further because we're here to add some excitement back into your game night. We'll even show you how to take your love of games outside the confines of the living room. We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg, and Friday is game night. Happy Friday, everybody! In this episode, we talk at-home escape room in a box games. For the dice roll, we talk our favorite game themes, and we try our hand at computer escape rooms for our escape room report. Um, but first, let's talk about what we're bringing to game night. Right. I am bringing a little bit of knowledge to game night. I've been really getting into um, kind of pub trivia quizzes. Mm-hmm. There's this YouTube series called Big Fat Quiz of the Year and Big Fat Quiz of Everything. And, um, well, actually, it's a British television broadcast, but you can find them on YouTube, like a whole bunch of them. And they're like an mm-hmm. hour and a half, two hours long each. But they're fantastic. And, like, I'm really getting into that, you know, where you have five questions within different categories and they're like obtuse but fair like things that you probably heard of that past year mm-hmm. and you're like oh that's right Kofefe. i totally forgot about that you know <laughs> kind of things like that you know or damn that's right kurt russell was in that movie mm-hmm. and i kind of want to set up one of those you know for things that like our friends would know but like do you remember, can you pull that deep from your memory archives of pop culture mm-hmm. trivia? So I'm going to try to bring some knowledge to game night. Ah. How about you? We'll see how that goes. Um, I wanted to just tell our listeners about this new um, documentary that we discovered. It's called Game Master, all one word. Um, it's available on um, Amazon. I'm not sure if it's available at other retail um, streaming services. Um, but it actually uh, follows several game designers at different levels of kind of where they're at with their mm-hmm. games. It's really interesting if you're at all interested in how games get made or maybe you think, are thinking about someday creating your own game. It's kind of an interesting look behind the scenes at what goes into it and di- how different people found success or haven't found success yet. Yeah, I thought what was interesting because you're right, it's like different people at different stages. The one I found the most fascinating that I would like to follow the story more of was this gentleman who, he created this game, I think it's called like Thug Life, mm-hmm. where it's a role-playing game where you're playing gangsters on the streets of LA. And it's a really interesting, kind of cool-looking game, you know. But he came across criticism from some people in the community saying like, this game feels offensive in some way, mm-hmm. you know. And he's like why this is like what i grew up with it's not offensive because i'm the one who's telling the story uh-huh. you know but it is interesting how there are certain stories out there that are still interesting fascinating but where do you draw that line mm-hmm. of what's acceptable based upon the source it comes from or not you know but yeah it's a fascinating documentary and it shows some people doing just kickstarters some people who have had successful games that i myself have been tempted uh-huh. to buy on the shelves some guy, he created a game about the um, the national parks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's got a storage container full of board games yeah. that he's ready to ship and Doing he's trying to himself. run it on his own. Yeah. And he's like, it kind of sucks, but you know, mm-hmm. it, it's I wanted to do it my way. Yeah, I really thought that they talked to the um, creators behind, um, is it Exploding Kittens? Yeah. And I thought that was interesting because basically they were like, you know, we had this hugely successful kickstarter probably one of the most successful kickstarters ever and he's like it's not like we became millionaires from it no. he's like basically what it let us do is start our own company mm-hmm. um and i thought that was an interesting take i think um actually as we get into these escape room in a boxes we're gonna have kind of another um instance of that where um a successful kickstarter kind of led to a business 
Right, but they do explain that just because you had a successful Kickstarter doesn't mean that you're a billionaire. You get maybe like 5% of that pie. Yeah, yeah, and they talk about where all those cuts get made to the money. Okay, so let's talk about the escape room in our boxes. Lauren, are you feeling trapped at home because of COVID-19? <laughs> do you feel a need to escape from your mundane life? Try an escape room in a box. <laughs> um, so we've been playing around with this for a while because... We wanted to kind of have this overall encompassing episode where we really break down all of the different escape room in a box options, which ones are good, which ones are bad. So you could have kind of this ultimate review. Mm -hmm. The problem is we can't, you know, we, we don't have the funds to buy every escape room in a box. And as time goes on, the more and more get created. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like at some point we just have to do this. And, you know, maybe there's more out there. Maybe, you know. Well, but the thing is, some of these are companies that keep churning out the same product, but with different puzzles and a different theme. Yeah, and we knew we were never going to play all of theirs. So I think that, like, and granted, companies can evolve and they can grow and learn from mistakes or, like, stumblings they may have had early on. Mm -hmm. But I think that, in general, when you're ready to put something out into the marketplace, the core essence of that product is going to remain the same. Mm-hmm. You just might tweak it a little bit here or there, you know? So for something like Unlocked, which we'll talk about, you know, the core is the same from game to game. Yeah. Some games are better than others, I would mm-hmm. argue. And we could talk about that more in detail later. But I think you can judge them across the board based upon how their game functions mm-hmm. at its essence. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think we did we did pretty good as far as playing a lot of the well-known ones. Um, are there more out there? Probably, because, you know, it, it kind of has become a popular thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to talk about, I think, some of the major ones. Yeah. Um, and I kind of feel like these, you can kind of separate these into a couple different um, categories. You have the escape room in a boxes that are very much card based. Mm-hmm. That's all they are is they are cards. You're getting yeah. a deck of cards. Um, you also have sort of the ones that are just sort of meant for kids. They contain, you know, plastic locks and they're very much, you know, geared towards children. So then you can buy a target or Walmart. Yeah. Um, you have, of course, the mailing systems, so the actual subscription boxes. And then you have something, some that kind of fall a little bit in between. They're a little bit more inventive. They possibly use um, actual different components and pieces, like actual little locks and things like that. Um, so they kind of are a little bit more um, unique and inventive. They each have their own pros and cons mm-hmm. in terms of what they potentially can bring to the table. And then also, like, the quality of their pieces. Because that's Mm -hmm. a big difference, too. One of the very first ones that we did was one of the more inventive ones at the end, you know, that you mentioned. Where it was kind of like like a Frankenstein, a werewolf kind of thing. I remember it was like a supernatural-based thing. um, I think you're referring to the escape room in a box, the werewolf experiment. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, this one falls under kind of the more inventive. Um, This one is... It's, you know, a box that you can get, and it has lots of different pieces. Some of them, it might actually have a little lockbox. You know, it has actual components to Mm -hmm. it. It's not just cards. Um, And that actually started out as a Kickstarter, um, but was actually bought out by Mattel. Um, We played the Kickstarter version because our friend had gotten it. Um, From what I understand, the retail version, which is a little bit cheaper because obviously it's 
able to mass produce metallic and mass produce much more than mm-hmm. those those people could it's pretty much the same game some of the components might be slightly different like whereas maybe they were made out of this kind of plastic now they're made out of this kind of plastic yeah. you know what i mean um but for the most part they stayed true to what was originally created um they have since gone on to create um another one called uh, flashback which we haven't played yet mm-hmm. um that also can be bought at target and they now have um, a Walking Dead themed one that's okay. still within that um, escape room in a box. Um, and this actually is one that the people who created it, it's actually two women. Um, and you can find them on Instagram. They call themselves the Wild Optimists. And basically, I think w- this is what this did. You know, when they sold out to Mattel, I remember a lot of people thinking, oh, great, you know, there goes the quality. But, you know, I think, one, it gave them the ability to easily get their game out there to the masses, which Mm -hmm. you can't necessarily do just through a Kickstarter. It's harder, yeah. They were able to lower the price point a little bit to make it more accessible to people because it was being mass produced. Um, And then it gave them, you know, they went on to do the flashback box. I don't know that they worked on the Walking Dead one. um, But I know they worked on the flashback once. And, like, they were able to start their own company because of this you know so that's kind of what doing the kickstarter did for them um the other cool thing is the newer versions of this um can be paired with alexa too Ooh, nice so she can help give you hints and but things. how long would that be supported lauren I, we've had trouble with that yeah but i would say something through mattel and like that would be a little bit more. i would hope so yeah <laughs> yeah so another one that was kind of falls into that more inventive category is think funds um escape the mysteries of stargazer manor Oh, that was a good one. Um, yeah, and that's one we played quite a while ago. Um, that one, it doesn't have any um, super physical components. Like, there's no lockbox or anything like that in there. No. Um, but it is more than just cards. Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, there's some kind of origami involved. We have to, like, fold paper to line up in a certain way. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. I do remember there's some kind of decoder wheel that you're working with. There was a decoder wheel that was really cool to work with. That was, like, made out of paper, too, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Lots of, you have to put cards on top of cards and see how they line up and, like, you know, if if you shift this card over at a weird angle, suddenly something becomes apparent or, Mm -hmm. or visible that was not there before. So a lot of kind of creative angles that you have to use. Yeah. To and get... what we liked about this one was you could actually repack it. There was even instructions for that, how to repack it. I liked it. that, the instructions for how to repack it. Yeah. And so you could, um, even though, you know, you could play it again. Obviously, you would know all the solutions. But you could also um, give it to somebody else to play. Right. The I will say the Escape Room in a Box Werewolf Experiment Technically, you can repack it, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't work quite as well. I think the funniest thing we've seen is we actually saw that um, escape room in a box um, at a game cafe, and it was just like destroyed. Everything was just thrown yeah. back in, and it's just not—it's not made for that, you know. Said you could technically repack it, but it's a little bit more difficult. Whereas Deep the Room Mysteries of Stargaze Manor, that like I said, it even has instructions for how to repack. Right. And let me just get this out of the way now. Um, we do say, of course, that each of these you can really, quote, only play once mm-hmm. because there's no variety to it. But realistically, if you've played a bunch of other games in between and mm-hmm. it's been like a year or two, how much are you really going to remember? You might remember, oh, yeah, this puzzle has a weird thing to it. You know, uh-huh. So maybe one or two of the things will be a bit easier. But if you're getting off the shelf to show a friend or family member 
who hasn't seen it before mm-hmm. and you're there to just help and re-experience it with them, you can still have a good time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's not to say that you can't replay it. It's just it might not be as I'm just saying great you, as an experience. You can't for like you. say rack them up, let's go again. You yeah, know? yeah. It's it's not like a you need a significant cooling off period. Yeah, it's not like a normal board game where you know the results are different every time depending mm-hmm. on you know chance and things. Um, another kind of more inventive one that we played. Um, we actually did this one at the uh, Dice Tower convention was a mystery house oh god i loved mystery house that was such a cool idea yeah so this one is like a a 3d box that you're using that has these different cards that you put in and you're actually kind of looking into this 3d room figuring out based on that kind of what the the puzzles are and using tools it does come with an app that kind of supports it Mm -hmm. as well and it's like you're trying to navigate this labyrinth that Mm -hmm. you're only allowed to peer into the only problem with it, though, is that because the cards have to, like, slide into those little, like, slots on the top, figuring out at the beginning how to set it up is kind of a pain. Yeah. But also, sometimes you're like, I see that I see what's there, but I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be allowed to see that yet or not. Yeah. Because the way the cards are put into the box and the way the angle is just right, I can see there's a key there, but am I allowed to see what that's there or not? Yeah, you know? am I seeing something that I'm not really supposed to be seeing yet? Or, like, it'll be kind of far back and, like, dark in there. And they recommend, like, using a flashlight in this mm-hmm. game so you can, like, shine the light into the box and see what you're doing. But sometimes you're like, I, I still, I, I, I can't, can't hold up that. my phone yeah. to this thing and look in at the same time because of the angle. And I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah. You know? And you're not, I don't want to cheat and, like, pull the thing out and be like, oh, okay, it's a door knocker. You yeah. Know? Um, definitely the, I think the setup is one of the difficult most difficult things about this game because it doesn't really properly um explain that to you it's it's hard to explain yeah Yeah. um i think you know one of the things we learned about this game is that um actually a lot of these games are um from foreign uh, makers a Mm -hmm. lot of them are from france or germany and so sometimes there's also a language barrier that occurs and this one definitely with the rules and stuff like that um, the translation wasn't the best, and it kind of lost something, I yeah. think. However, I did think the app, that it comes with a free app that you can download that it takes care of your inventory, and it times you, and it gives you hints and mm-hmm. things. Um, I did think it was one of the better apps we've ever used for one of these. But that app could definitely use a video of how to set the thing up. Yeah, yeah, and it also drains your battery like crazy. Oh, yeah. Sadly, I don't think there's going to be any expansions to Mystery House because it didn't do very well, I guess. Um, however, the the core game does come with um, more than one scenario. I think it comes through. with two. Yeah. yeah, so that's nice. At least you have more than one scenario. Um, and once again, this is one that you could play over and over again, or like you could easily give to others. You don't destroy anything in the mm-hmm. process. Um, but let's, so speaking of apps and destroying things in the process, let's talk about some of these card-based ones. Right. Um, which are probably my least favorite of the escape room in a boxes we've played. So you have two of the biggest and well-known um, escape room in a box franchises is the unlocked and the exit franchise. Those mm-hmm. are the ones, if you go to your game store, I almost guarantee they're going to either have exit or unlocked on one of the shelves. No, they um, will have unlocked. It's just a matter if they have exit or not. Unlocked yeah. is the, is the king I think right now. Yeah. Exit was really popular, but I think unlocked has kind of over, um, overshone it they're both from foreign companies unlocked is made by space cowboys and exit is by cosmos games um definitely i think 
especially in Exit's case, I do think that the um, there are maybe are some translation issues. There was a few uh, weird things. I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, so Exit, let's talk about Exit first because I think Exit's one of our least favorite. Well, I have pluses and minuses for mm-hmm. Exit because some of the puzzles are a little obtuse, and that could be the language barrier. Mm-hmm. But, and another thing that's both equal a plus and a minus is it encourages you to damage parts of the game. To, like, yeah. poke holes in it, to rip this up, to, mm-hmm. like, tear this, you know? Which is cool, and it feels wrong, but yet so right. Like, mm-hmm. without spoiling too much, if you've played any of the legendary games, like board games... There will be times when you it says like take that card in your hand and rip it up. It's no longer part of the game. You and mean you're the like, legacy games? Oh, like 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 uh, legacy games. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you play any of the legacy games, yeah, it do, it just it feels wrong, but at the same time, it's kind of satisfying, you know. <laughs> yeah. So exit, you definitely um, you are going to end up probably having to destroy stuff, and so you're probably not going to be able to pass this on to anyone else or play it again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the price points are a little bit lower, but you know, for some people, that's a real um, problem. We've played two exits. Um, Pharaoh's Tomb, we almost killed each other in the process. Yeah. We had a very strong I don't know Margot situation. Yeah. Um, I don't. I know we also, I believe we did Polar Station. I don't really remember much about it. I got angry at one point because they were like, you're supposed to poke your pencil through this part. How the hell am I supposed yeah. to know I'm supposed to poke a pencil through that? Uh, I just remember there was a lot of logic leaps. Um, yeah. And it just, you know, the fact that then you have this thing that's kind of once and done you can't do it again you can't pass it on it just was kind of a negative in our book and like i said it was just um too many logic leaps and i didn't really like their hint system um you know it's just cards so that's all Mm -hmm. you have to work with i i would say though i would recommend trying one of their games Mm -hmm. to somebody just so you can have the comparison. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like I like bad movies mm-hmm. because then when I see a good movie, I like that good movie even more. Yeah. You know, maybe. so it's it's kind of like that. Like, uh-huh. have this bad game, you'll still have a kind of good time or at the very least, you'll have a good story afterwards. Like, it was so messed up. This stupid thing did not make any sense. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, and then I looked it up and it turns out the answer was just on the back of the card. And you, you're pulling your hair out, but at the same time, such a good story to complain about later. <laughs> Um, Unlocked is similar in that it's just cards. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Unlocked does come with a, an app as well that um, has you enter codes and stuff. Um, you also, um, I'm going to say, you, it, it can give you hints. Um, it can play little audio tracks and stuff. Each of them also comes with a mini tutorial game. Yes. It's, it's the same tutorial game for either one, whichever you get. But it's a nice little, like, here's how our our system functions yeah so you know what you have to do and it's not just you reading an entire textbook of like okay i do this and this like yeah you have to read a little bit to figure it out but it's a nice like practice round yeah i mean it kind of says this is what you're looking for when you look at these cards Mm -hmm. this is what you'll do with them um we played the wizard of oz uh squeak and sausage and um the nautilus trap um nautilus was definitely the hardest i would say um, there, we definitely had some big, um, logic leaps with Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I remember there is this one card that dealt with the flying monkeys that even to this day, after reading all the forums online mm-hmm. of people trying to explain what the answer is, I'm still like, I have no idea how you get that. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but like, I don't see that at all. 
Yeah, and I, I just feel like a, a lot of people have played these that may never have necessarily played an escape room. Mm -hmm. And I would, wouldn't say that these cards necessarily... They don't really capture the experience of an escape room so as much. No. Um, so if you've played either of these um, and you don't like them or you weren't very good at them, don't think that you're not going to like or that you're not going to be good in an escape room because it's, it's a very different thing um, altogether. Another card-based one that we actually did recently was uh, Deathscape Test Time. Um, which is another completely card-based, very small, like, pocket game. Um, but this one, I didn't really feel like I got a strong escape room a sense from it. It was mostly, like, just a series of logic puzzles. Yeah, that's really what it was. The one thing that was good about this, though, was that it presented itself as being a bit more web-based and not linear. Because you did have mm -hmm. four different colored decks, like red, blue, green, yellow. Yeah. And you could theoretically split them up. Mm -hmm. To like, okay, Lauren, you take care of green and yellow, I'll do red and blue. And then we'll meet up when we, you know, are done with our things or uh -huh. whatever. Meanwhile, all the other ones we've talked about so far, they're 100% linear. You cannot progress until you solve this puzzle. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. like, if you're stuck, you're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it doesn't have quite as strong of a narrative, a through narrative, as maybe some of the others um, there is a narrative about this scientist that you're helping. It, but it's super um, weak. But it's super weak. And like I said, it just feels like you're kind of going through this series of logic problems, which is fine. But does that make an escape room? Eh, not so much. Like, you know? literally, in this narrative, they have a Doc Brown character because mm -hmm. it's time travel. And he literally drops to the floor, disappears, and you don't hear about him again. Yeah. Until, like, maybe the very end of the game. Mm -hmm. You're like, it's literally like the game master going like, okay, I'm going to close the door. Now, bye. Yeah. Like, um, I will say, though... Being that it is just kind of logic puzzles, I think we fought the like the least when we were playing that one. Mm -hmm. There weren't as many I just don't know moments. Well, but like I said, I think that also comes from the web thing, because when you're linear, yeah, and you keep smacking in that wall and not making any progress, mm -hmm. then you're getting more and more frustrated. But here, okay, so the blue deck we're stuck there. Let's jump to the red deck, give the blue some time to like kind of yeah. you know incubate in our minds uh -huh. then maybe something will like you know snap and then we can come back and say oh that's oh i see what they're doing yeah and also sometimes you know if you would go through the red deck so far and then it would give you something that would help you right get the blue deck so yeah so um i yeah i, I think that probably you're right that probably helps um so then we go into sort of the uh mail system or subscription type game. Mm -hmm. and we played um two that sort of fall under this category one was um, by a company called Breakout, and this is a um, subscription-based service they have called Dispatch. Um, they had a, Breakout actually does have real-life um, escape rooms, mm -hmm. um, but they had also started this um, mail system one, and um, it was kind of one of the first of its kind, lots of advertisement for it. I was actually able to get a um, Groupon for like three boxes for a, a lower price. So that's why we did this one. Um, and we did um, one of their early ones called iSpy, mm -hmm. which is essentially you are um, spies who are looking for someone. And you know every month you get this box that takes you down this road of these puzzles to solve. Right. What was interesting about it is 
each box, you know, it would come with maybe a dossier of things. You might get a poker chip or a um, somebody's ID. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there were things that you had to do, like you might have to look up this website. You might have to go to this Instagram page. Um, yeah, call that was this cool. phone it was number. Very meta, like yeah, that. so that was kind of fun because it did kind of feel like you were really um, entering into like a spy kind of situation. And it gave you cool souvenirs. From yeah, the, like the poker chip we still have. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like in our little collectibles jar. Yeah, because it's a neat little thing to remind us of playing this game. Mm-hmm. The problem with it though is that it's a month separated by each chapter, which realistically has five tough puzzles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then after maybe half an hour's worth of work we can get done with them and then now we gotta like wait a month and then at the start of the next month we're like oh god what did we do last month i don't yeah, remember yeah and it's you been, had to kind of keep been them a all. month yeah you had to keep them all so you could kind of refer back um yeah i would say you know the thing that i really found about this one is i didn't they're just for the cost of what it cost of what it cost to get this i didn't feel like we were really getting our money's worth in puzzles and yeah you know um a mystery well and... i mean like i as much as i like the continuing story mm-hmm. like i said it's a problem where it's so far separated if yeah. it was like every two weeks at the most mm-hmm. maybe that'd be okay and i understand that the creators they want time to be able to write the things produce them send them out That's, uh-huh. i get that but like as the player i get distracted with so many of the things and like it's kind of hard to keep the momentum going Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they sell these boxes after the fact. Where like, can I go back online and buy all the entire set? Um, I think you can. Okay, because yeah. like, if I could do that, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I can have them lined up and say, okay, now we can go grab box two if we want to keep playing. Yeah, the yeah. So the another one that we did was um, a company called Escape the Crate, and we actually played this uh, company twice now. Um, we played before, you know, escape room in a boxes were even really a thing when it was just starting to catch on. Um, and this company was brand new. We played one of their early boxes, um, which was the Confederate spy. Mm -hmm. And we weren't really that impressed with it. I mean, it was a nice prototype. Yeah. But that's what it felt like a prototype, not like an actual polished product. Yeah, you know, it really felt like someone had just printed all this stuff out on their home computer. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the components didn't feel very... Um, it just didn't feel like, you, once again, you were getting your money's worth. You know, you paid $40 for this thing and it's just a bunch of um, paper that someone printed out. You know, yeah. it was kind of like uh, a little disappointing. Um, and also, this was, once again, because it was one of the earliest ones... Um, we tried to play it with a number of friends, and that's when we kind of first discovered that a lot of these don't work good with groups. No. Um, they advertise them as something that you can you know, play it with a party or play with a big group or play with your family. Um, but in our experience, you know, two people, three at the most, but usually four people is too much for any of these mm-hmm. games that we're talking about. Because it's hard today. to crowd around and see what y'all looking at. Yeah. like I said, they're all kind of linear. So I need to be able to see the paper that you're talking about. But it's upside down and across the table for me, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, we haven't found that it works well with any of our groups. Um, It's usually something better that we just play together. Mm -hmm. Recently, I decided, you know, let's let's play one of their new ones and give them another chance. It's been five years. Yeah, exactly. It's been several years. Um, So we got one of their more recent ones, um, which was the World's Fair Killer. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And what's nice about them is you don't have to subscribe to them if you don't want to. You can just buy the individual boxes. You know, it's probably cheaper in the long run to subscribe, but if you only maybe want one or two. Yeah. Um, and this one I thought, you know, it definitely showed an improvement. I thought the components were a lot better. Um, you were getting a little bit more for your money. No, I agree. I think that it definitely had a stepping up of the game. Um, without spoiling too much, even the box itself mm-hmm. had clues on it, yeah. which I thought was fantastic. You know, and this one uh, had two in one. It mm-hmm. had a family-friendly one and a more mature-themed one. Yeah, and we haven't played the family-friendly one yet, but we played the more mature yeah, one. Yeah, because they have one that's essentially like a serial killer, and the other one that like has something to do with just like a 1912 World Fair. Yeah. Which I'm assuming it's like, who can go on the most carnival rides? <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely saw an improvement. I do like how um, all of their games are kind of linked with this time travel. As- no, it's aspect. fun that way, yeah. Um, so I do like that. I don't think it's anything we would ever, as much as we love escape rooms, I don't think I would ever subscribe to them. I think you know, at most I might just maybe occasionally buy one of them. Yeah, I would say if there's some kind of theme that looks to really catch your eye, mm-hmm. give it a try. Yeah. But don't be like thinking, oh, this is going to be the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, they do. Um, theirs integrates with a um, kind of like website where you enter s- certain information and play, oh, that's right. yeah, play yeah. audio clues. Um, it's pretty well done. It could probably be better. It could also probably be an app. That would be nice. That'd be nice if it was an app. Yeah. yeah but, um, it was pretty good. You know, I thought some of the, some of the audio acting and reading and stuff was, was mm-hmm. good. Um, and for the most part, it didn't seem very buggy. We didn't run into any problems that I can remember. No. And yeah, considering that some of the online escape rooms we've done before, mm-hmm. like that one where we were like tracking down the art thief and like, remember the same audio kept video playing, kept yeah. playing over and over again. We're like, stop, stop giving me the introduction. <laughs> I've been here five times. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the, for a lot of these, uh, subscription type ones, I think what you're often going to find is they cost a little bit too much for what they're worth. You know, I think a lot of people who have tried the Hunt a Killer series, mm-hmm. which is like a subscription where um, you're sent like these letters from a killer and these mysteries that you're supposed to solve. Most of the reviews I've heard is I'm paying a, a lot of money for this, you know? Right. Um, and I think definitely I think you'll find that with Dispatch. Um, Escape the Crate, like I said, it's better. Um, but I don't know that it's worth subscribing to on um, a regular basis unless you have the money to do so. Right. And I mean, who knows? This is our taste. So maybe it's mm-hmm. right up your alley and you're like, yes, 100%. Go for it. Mm-hmm. But I would say they're worth a try. Maybe not worth a subscription buy. Give them a go. I think they definitely upped their game. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like the core essence from even when they did the Civil War thing years ago is still there. But they've tweaked it and modified it so that now it's a more functional and uh, solid product. Yeah, and, and the, like I said, the pieces don't feel necessarily like they just printed them off on their home computer. Like mm-hmm. they actually feel professionally. Like done. the only benefit I can think of that came out of the Civil War one was we got a black light out of it. <laughs> we did because it actually gave us like a little keychain black light. Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. Um, and then you know we have the a lot of these escape room in the boxes are really geared towards kids. Um, you actually were gifted a Operation Escape Room. Which was this fun. this giant box that was in our closet it for a long time. It was dopey but fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and basically it comes with all these little plastic components like little plastic safes, um, little plastic trick handcuffs, 
um, and things like that, where you could kind of set up like a little escape room with a bunch of kids. I mm-hmm. think, um, didn't your sister use something like that for a party? Yeah, what you what you have to do, first of all, any parents who are out there who want to do this, give yourself an hour just to read how to set the thing up. <laughs> there are so many little pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how you have trouble assembling your kid's bike for Christmas or whatever, like that kind of chestnut? It's like that times seven. <laughs> because you have seven little things and they're all going to come in one box with a piece that you do. Okay, what goes to what now? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like doing a jigsaw puzzle and like constructing a house at the same time. But, yeah, essentially you set up little stations. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, once they're done with this station, they can go to that station and they can do their thing to get the little plastic key out of the thing. But, of course, because they're little plastic components, they're kind of cheap. Sometimes the theme will just pop without them having done anything. Uh So, like, oh, it just opened and I barely touched it. I guess I win. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I guess the game is over. (laughs) But, like, the kids will be like, awesome i i got to cheat and take a shortcut let's keep going you're like but that's okay that's cuts into the schedule that i had but sure mm-hmm. you know but no they're they are fun and they're creative and they're just the right amount of challenge for the kids mm-hmm. some of them are not as intuitive as others like one of them you have to like push down like a little remember those little like pumps you have in like your nikes uh-huh. in like the early 90s you had to push down one of those little air things and, like get a ball to puff up at just the right height but the problem is it's at least the version i had it was so perfect the circumference of the hole had to go out if you didn't hit it exactly to like the nanometer, it's not mm-hmm. gonna go. Yeah. So I can imagine a kid being like, I don't Yeah. I don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean I remember even when you showed it to me first, I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. Like what And you're you a grown know? woman with a yeah, college I was degree. Like, I, I don't you know, and then when I saw it, I was like, Oh, okay, I was just you know. But it is a cool little idea and I would recommend if you are gonna do that, especially for like a birthday party. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not now because COVID nineteen. Uh, yeah. But if you were to do something like this I would divide the children as best as you can into even teams Mm -hmm. and see how well can you race through it. And also give them a riddle between each station of like, you're going to hide the thing. Yeah, yeah. And give them a clue to like a riddle of like, you know, I have hands on my face, but I can't talk or read. What am I? It's like, oh, it's behind the clock, you know? Yeah, you can definitely, um, I think what this does is it gives you these little like puzzles and then you could add a narrative or you know, mm-hmm. hide them or make it more challenging. And I mean, it does have a thing at the end, at least the version I have, where it's like a little like timer bomb on like someone's chest. And like, it's supposed to be that person's tied up in a chair and like, oh, you got to save them. Like, I'm not uh-huh. going to count someone out for the rest of the game. Tie that to a teddy bear. And then like, oh, Teddy's <laughs> yeah. going to go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, we didn't try um, another kind of popular one that I've seen um at a lot of the stores and you always see it on amazon um and that is the escape room the game line of games they have several of them um these kind of also fall under kind of more for kids it looks very kitty there's um kind of a decoder box that it comes with that it kind of looks cool because it's like this little box that does kind of your um, counting down your time and you input things into it to pr- progress the, the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what I've heard, it's also also the um, thing that breaks the most often or doesn't work the most often. So the most critical piece is the one that breaks. Yeah, you know, either it's default or, you know, it, it, it's something about it's not working. Um, so, you know, we never tried it just simply because it looked kind of... Um, not something that we were, would enjoy very much, so we can't speak to it. I mean, it looks cool. It looks like a little steampunky, like, kind of bomb diffusal box, uh-huh. all this kind of thing. 
But yeah, I can imagine how that thing would fall apart at the drop of a dime. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, some person, people got it and it was missing some of the keys that go into it. So it essentially doesn't work. Forbid, and yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's a little bit touchy with that one. You know, all in all, I mean, it's not that we've enjoyed some of these escape room in the box. Things. Oh, yeah. Um, I would say those ones that we kind of categorize under the more inventive, those have been our favorites so far. Mm-hmm. Um, more so than ones that are just based on cards or, you know, ones that kind of utilize different aspects to give you that escape room feel. Yeah. Um, because part of it is the kinesthetic touching of something uh-huh. or manipulation of something. Yeah. You know? Being able to turn over a poker chip in your hands and see in tiny, tiny writing along the edge of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a website I can go to. You know? Yeah, yeah. More so than like the, oh, I have these two cards. If I add them up together, that tells me what the combination is. Seven plus five. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, what's funny, we've definitely found, like, like we mentioned, um, that it's not something that we have found that works well in large groups although once again they advertise that's what they're for Mm -hmm. i would definitely try this first with just two people you can even play a lot of these just um, one person too what's funny is i think some of the games that have given me that that real escape room feeling Mm -hmm. that feeling that like i get when i'm in escape room is actually not one of these games it's not an not advertised as an escape room in the box and that is time stories yeah. I felt more like I do when we're in an escape room playing time stories than I did with any of these um, games. Because that one actually has logic and intuition that you can use to mm-hmm. solve problems and yeah. like combine different things. You know, mm-hmm. These ones, yeah, you do have that, but I think the main difference is the overall narrative flow. You know, you can actually go from area to area. You can discover much more exciting and intricate, you know, details and interactions. And there's more decisions that you have to make. Yeah. Like, do I want to waste my time doing this versus that, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, yeah, each of these escape rooms usually does have a timer associated with it or they encourage you only to play for an hour. But in time stories, there's a built-in clock into the game mm-hmm. where, like, every decision you make takes time. So, like, you have to understand and realize, I could go back to the marketplace to go check this out, but that could take me a while to get back there. Um. So... I would say, you know, if I had to recommend just one of these to start with, Mm -hmm. I would probably recommend starting with the Escape Room in a Box Werewolf Experiment as maybe the closest to an escape room um, as far as these go, you know? You know, Unlocked and Exit, you can easily find those. They're fine. We prefer Unlocked to Exit, I would say. I would say so too, yeah. Um, you know, so they're fine. Just know that you might not necessarily, if you're really into escape rooms, you might be disappointed. Or if you play it and you are disappointed, don't think you're not going to like escape rooms. The thing is, though, Exit usually has that cool twist at the end. I'm not going to spoil what it is, but like Exit, usually at the very end, some kind of like, it was under your nose the whole time. Oh, Kind uh-huh. of like twist for like this detail that you're like, oh, how did I not see that? You know, and that's kind of thrilling. But, like, there's more logic leaps in those games. Mm -hmm. So, like, to get to that, you have to really earn it, you know. But Unlocked, those are a bit more simpler. It's also much easier to put those back in the box. Yeah. You can literally just slap the entire thing back in the box when you're done and, like, who cares? Mm -hmm. Because they're all supposed to be fixed down anyways. Yeah, and they're not supposed to be in order necessarily. I mean, you could put them in order or you could not. It doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. you know. So um, they're definitely easier to pass on to somebody else. So I guess that does it for our kind of 
all-encompassing escape room in a box type game reviews mm-hmm. um i think you know we went through a lot of them i think these are a lot of the major ones that you're going to find out there that's not to say that there aren't others um but these are sort of the the heavy hitters that i think um are going to be most easy to get a hold of um and you know some of them are good some of them might not be as great <laughs> Um, but you know, I, I hope that this has helped you. Maybe if you are interested in playing these kind of games, um, navigate the waters and find something that will work for you. Yeah. And uh, you know, whether you are an escape room enthusiast wanting to scratch the itch more or whether you just were always afraid to try an escape room because you're not sure of your thing. And this is like your timid toe testing the water. You know, these are some of our best recommendations I think that we can give. And honestly, one more last thing. I say definitely try Mystery House if you can find it. It is harder to find. It is harder to find. But honestly, that also is really good because you can constantly view things from different angles. Mm -hmm. And like the thing changes, the physical structure changes as you go. Yeah. Which is also kind of part of an escape room where like I... um, I did this key and now the door opened and now something is revealed to me. Yeah. You have that sense that you're kind of going through a house or a room, Mm -hmm. which you don't necessarily have with these other ones. Right. So like it's hard to find, but it also, I think is, I I agree with you. I think the werewolf experiment is the closest thing, Mm -hmm. but this is a very uh, near second. Yeah. It's almost like I wish they could combine these two and then you would have like the perfect Perfect escape room in the box. All right. Well, let's talk, um, switch gears here and talk about game themes. I, I was thinking recently because we were introduced to the game Forgotten Waters uh-huh, by one of our friends, which is Greg's new favorite. And I was like, you know what? I like pirates. Like something about pirates is always a fun theme for me. You know, uh, swashbuckling adventures, sailing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not so much one to go to the ocean myself, but I like the nautical theme. Uh huh. So I was kind of thinking, like, what are some other themes that just they they seem to have something about them that just it's so inviting to make a game about it that mm-hmm. if you saw that like i don't care what the game is like i want to get it just because the theme is cool you know yeah or maybe it's just if you look at a bunch of games and you see one is a certain theme you automatically are like what's that game yeah you know? what is this one more than the you're other? gonna be drawn yeah. to that one right like uh one example would be like when i saw the game jamaica which is about mm-hmm. pirates racing around the island of jamaica you uh-huh. know, as opposed to you know camel up which is also like about racing but it's, you know, kind of a, a desert theme versus mm-hmm. a pirate theme. I'm looking at the pirate theme one. There's so much ad- room for adventure and swashbuckling, mm-hmm. hijinks. You know, you can have cannons going off, sword fights, gunfights, buried treasure, talking parrots, drinking rum. You know, <laughs> all sorts of fun adventures to be had there. Uh-huh. So I think it lends itself to many more um possibilities for how the narrative can unfold Mm -hmm. how about you what's one of your things that you like um i'm always drawn to pretty much anything steampunk Mm -hmm. now that's not to say that i've liked every steampunk game i've ever come across you know there's definitely i know one game that kept catching my eye just because it was in that theme which was steampunk rally and then i actually learned about more about the game and was like "Ooh, that's not for me okay I did like that game, mm-hmm. but it's just we were trying to learn it on the floor while we were at a convention, and we were like, I, I, my brain is already so, like... It was so, just like, too much, yeah. My brain is shot from, like, a day and a half of playing straight games, mm-hmm. and, like, I, I'm just sitting here trying to learn this, and you're sitting there watching me try to learn this, and that's not yeah. fun for either of us. Yeah, um, but yeah, for the most part, you know, I... 
when they came out with the steampunk munchkin, I was like, okay, well, we have to add that to our munchkin mm-hmm. collection. It's just always um, a theme because I like that idea of the past, but the past kind of a different kind of past, right? right? I like I like that theme. I like the idea of okay, you could be in Victoria, London, but you could have you know flying machines and things like that. You know, I, I really like that theme. So anytime I see it apply to something, it's always going to catch my attention. Well, it's kind of like, and this is outside of the conversation right now, but it's kind of like I like any particular genre of times vision of the future. Uh-huh. Like how yeah. the Jetsons is the 60s vision of the future. Uh-huh. Of like, oh, my car can fold up into a briefcase. Yeah, you know, like exactly. That's great. You know? So I agree with you. It, steampunk is kind of like if Victorian England guessed what the future was going to be. Yeah, Here's exactly. what their best guess would have been because here's the technology we have available to us. Now expand that out by 20% of imagination. Mm-hmm. And then let's see where we're at. Oh, yeah. we can have Zeppelins that shoot lightning. Because mm-hmm. we know about how to make lightning. Thanks, Tesla. You know, kind of <laughs> things. Um, another one of mine that's a good theme that I think fits and like just catches my attention is the supernatural. Oh, I thought for sure you were going to say dinosaurs. No, get, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I like dinosaurs, right? But they're not a theme that I think you can do too much with. Like, you pretty much have Jurassic Park or, like, Dino v. Dino. Mm-hmm. You know, but, like, with the supernatural, there's more there's more options there. Of course, there's like the idea of like going back to Victorian times of like you have a seance kind of thing, you know. You can have a Ghostbusters kind of thing, you know. You can even have um, some kind of a competition between the living and the dead, you know. Mm-hmm. I think just to say supernatural is kind of a cop-out now that mm-hmm. I think about it. But I like ghosts. Let's just say that. So like one of my favorite games I did get was Mysterium, mm-hmm. you know. And even though it's a very similar game just with a few more, you know, tweaks to it, I did insta-buy that supernatural detective or no paranormal detective, paranormal detective at the yeah. convention because i'm like i like ghosts mm-hmm. i don't care that this is pretty much mysterium with a few more you know gimmicks i like ghosts and i'm buying this mm-hmm. you know because it's just a cool idea you know and maybe it's because my grandma made me watch ghosts with patrick swayze like a hundred times when i was in kindergarten but that's you know influenced me mm-hmm. i like kind of things that are based on travel to real places Right. That's so, a good one. like, I really like, you know, Sagrada. And, like, I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, that I actually have been to the place that mm-hmm. this is talking about. You know, so I like games that kind of tie into real places and real things. Um, but another one that has a special um, place in my heart is anything to do with time travel. Time travel is a good thing. Yeah. You know, like we already mentioned earlier in this episode, we talked about time stories, which is bo- both of us one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, but anything like that, just because. Time travel, there's so much possibility and there's so many issues with time travel, right? Like, what happens if you set something, um, you do something that messes up with the timeline? Or, right. You know, there's so many pla- ways you, what places you can go with time travel. Mm-hmm. Like, even with time stories, in there, you are the time police trying to make sure the mm-hmm. timeline maintains. Yeah. Someone else messed with it and you've got to go clean it up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's interesting. You know? Yeah. Uh, or even with the idea of the... Um, Escape Room in a Box that we mentioned earlier in this episode, uh, the Dexgate time test, right? Where, mm-hmm. like, there is time travel in there. And without giving too much away, there's a moment where you have to decide one item to take with you through time. Uh-huh. And, like, it, it's kind of like that's the way you decide what your ending is. Mm-hmm. And, like, based upon what you pick, it determines, like, how well someone's future goes or doesn't go. Uh-huh. And like you were like, oh, we should take this this like, you know, important device. And I was like, no, you take the schematic 
for the flux capacitor because otherwise <laughs> Doc Brown would never invent the time travel thing. You've got to like self-create this own thing. Yeah. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know? <laughs> we did choose correctly, if I remember. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember whose who's choice we went with, but we chose correctly. Well, I wanted the stick of gum, so, yeah. you know. Just, oh, I brought you back, you know, an yeah. expired well, gum you, from 1955. You like to play chaos sometimes, yeah. so... <laughs> Um, well, let's move on to our escape room report. So we're still in um, lockdown. Escape rooms started to reopen here, but How then that they... an escape room in lockdown. I know, um, but then most of them have had to close down again. Um, so we aren't able to play any actual escape rooms right now. Um, we probably will be. Oh, doing another uh, virtual one soon, I hope. Yeah, I got to start using those free ones I got. Yeah, Greg has um, a year of free rooms that we haven't really that been I able can't to utilize. Touch. Yeah, um, but you know, a, a lot of companies are moving to online games and stuff. We did one, which we talked about in one of our previous episodes, um, and so you know, we're definitely eager to try more of those. We just um, haven't had the time recently, um, so we took advantage of some Steam sales recently. Mm-hmm. And we bought some different um, computer versions of escape rooms. Yeah, and I mean, some of them can have interesting gimmicks or like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, mechanics to them. Yeah. But the problem is, as we've kind of talked about before with our main topic here, is that the level of interaction that you have isn't quite the same. Yeah, I, I struggle because... I don't always understand what's part of the game and what's not part of the game. What I can click on, what I can't click on. Right. Um, you know, there, there's just sort of this limitation when you're not physically there. <laughs> and see, it's interesting because early today I watched you play mm-hmm. one that we'll talk about called The Room. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially you are in a room and you have this fantastical impossible box yeah a puzzle box on the table in front of you and you have to look at it from all sides and try to unlock it and open it and as you keep doing that there's another box inside Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth when i first played that i instantly like just knew from my years of gaming experience i can interact with that here's how i get into that here's how i get out of that you know it took me two minutes to figure out the Uh controls but like seeing someone who's not as intuitive and doesn't have their years of experience like, you were struggling a bit more mm-hmm. than I did. And it was just kind of interesting to see, like, oh, so, like, that's not intuitive. Yeah. You know, like, to how to, like, you should have to double-click to zoom in on that. You're mm-hmm. like, I don't. Yeah, I don't, do I I do don't this, know what you know? I was doing. And it's no fault of yours because, mm-hmm. like I said, you just don't have the excessive amount of practice and, like, you know, um, preparedness that I had mm-hmm. going into the thing, you know. So, um, but, yeah, what did you think with since we're on it? What was your opinion of The Room? Um, you know, I definitely, I liked that the puzzles are varied and there's, you know, sometimes you're trying to find a combination, sometimes you're trying to find a key, sometimes you're putting together cogs. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different logic to it, you know? Um, you know, I, I definitely struggled sometimes because I would get stuck and not know, like, what am I supposed to click now? Or am I, you know, there's this little viewfinder that you have to keep looking through and should I look through that now? Or am I done with that? I, I don't know. Right. You know, a lot of times, though, I would find something and I'd pretty quickly figure out where it went. Yeah, you were pretty good about that. Um, but yeah, you know, I thought it was fun. I, I I wish that it wasn't just focusing on a single box, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I wish it was that same level of complication, but, you know, in a room that I could explore, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, that those have can be fraught with issues, too, because sometimes when you're going between rooms in these kind of games, it's sometimes unclear of... 
is the stuff in this room belong in the other room? You know, like mm-hmm. there, it's, can I click on this? Can I open this? Are these all just drawers that I'm opening that have nothing in them and I'm just wasting my time? That, you that, know? that can be a problem, yeah. I do know that there's three of these. There's the room, the room two, the room three. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, I believe it's in room two, maybe it's in room three, where they actually start to develop multiple spots in the room mm-hmm. where you can bounce back and forth. Like in one of them, you have like a pirate ship theme. Mm-hmm. So like you have to go to the window and there's like a little model of the ship. And then meanwhile, you go back over to like this... Uh, pillar like six feet away on the other side of the room and then that's where the big box is that you're interacting Mm -hmm. with but you have to keep bouncing back and forth so that's kind of more what you're saying that you want you like okay so let me go try my time over there instead Uh maybe that did something on the other side of the room Mm -hmm. and i can go look at that i can appreciate that yeah another one that we did that's kind of the opposite (laughs) is the witness which is one that's like a walking simulator one where you are in this beautiful garden mm-hmm. and you have just... And keep in mind, we didn't play through the entire thing for any of these games. Yeah. We did like our our sample. Yeah. Well, the room, we did like the first chapter and then first I stopped. First chapter or two. Yeah. yeah. But we did essentially like about an hour's worth uh-huh. of play for each of these because we figured most escape rooms gave you an hour. Uh-huh. You know, so The Witness, we did about an hour. And for The Witness, you know, it's these beautiful garden area that we were uh-huh. in with these glass panels that you click on and then it's like a draw your way through the maze yeah and the mazes kind of get progressively more difficult at some points you're kind of doing multiple mazes at once Mm -hmm. which you know i liked because i just for whatever reason have a brain that understands mazes pretty quickly when i saw that i was like you do it (laughs) yeah um and so that was cool i like it it's a nice kind of like logic thing to keep your brain sharp in a way Mm -hmm. and also because you have to kind of see patterns like you know you have to look at all these alternate routes right like some of them you would have to hit all these spots on your way and but you couldn't recross yourself yeah so you know you had to figure out okay what's the best way where i can hit all these spots but not have to backtrack and not run into a dead end and Mm -hmm. things like that um, so it was a nice kind of brain teaser. Um, the problem is it's all just that from from what we played. It's just these mazes, sort of. Yeah. I mean, from what we played, I don't know if it gets into anything else, but yeah. we were pretty much, you finish this series of glass panels with a puzzle, a power line lights up. You follow the power line. Okay, this is where my next thing is. Yeah. And it's just like a pretty little walk to get to your next series of puzzles, mm-hmm. you know? It's, it's no different in my mind than if you had just a book of puzzle mazes to yeah. draw that you can buy at the supermarket checkout, like mm-hmm. as an impulse buy. But the only difference here is every time you turn the page, you get a five-minute nature walk. Yeah, yeah. And, and we kind of, you thought it was going to be kind of like um, a mist or one of those That's games. what I understood. It was like, and maybe it is as you get further on, but like I looked up kind of walkthroughs online mm-hmm. and like... Maybe it's a bit more complicated later on, but it kind of still felt like just relatively the same flavor. Yeah, which if, you know, granted, we're aging ourselves a little bit by talking about Myst in those games. Mm -hmm. Um, But those were more complex. You had to, you know, um, solve more complex puzzles. Did I ever tell you I never finished Myst because I was afraid of it as a child? Oh, it it could get really scary. Well, I was... But did you ever play Riven or 
exile? No, because I was afraid oh, of Oh, because they, the, like, Riven gets much scarier. No, because I was convinced as a kid, because I used to play all sorts of games that had, like, enemies. Oh, yeah. So I was convinced, surely in one of these hallways, mm-hmm. an enemy will pop out and kill me, and I'm not prepared. I was, like, five. So I just, like, I can't play. I played it for, like, two minutes. I'm like, nope, not going to play it, because well, yeah, the freaky music is freaking me out. It's also very hard. I um I actually went through, at least missed, if not one of the other ones, um, my mom and I went through it together, mm-hmm. and we had the kind of guidebook to help us a little bit because Cheater. it's very hard. Um, but you know, it was it was fun. Like we were able to kind of do it together. Um, but yeah, so I wouldn't necessarily it, the idea of you're kind of walking through this deserted island or something that's very mist like. Yeah. Um, but the puzzles aren't exactly the same. No. So we did another one. Yeah, we did one that was a bit more of an honest to goodness escape room. Yes. Setup. Yes. Called The Experiment Escape Room. Yeah. And this one, I'm not sure about the others, but this one is also comes in VR, but we don't have VR. Right. So. We don't have VR, but you can definitely tell it was designed from VR yeah. just from the word go. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to be like in a doctor's office. Um, there's like machines for blood testing. There's a morgue with dead bodies in it. It's got kind of like a haunted, abandoned, creepy, creepy thing. But at the same time, it doesn't because the main, the first room you start off on is very clean, bright, and like mm-hmm. normal. Yeah. So it's just like a doctor's office. But then, like the janitor's closet is all filthy, and the hallway is all you know dilapidated and dark, and then it just gets worse and worse as you go through it. But the puzzles, oh my god, how are you ever supposed to figure those out? Well, yeah, it's just it's not intuitive at all. Um, even the controls aren't that intuitive. Like mm-hmm. you were having a terrible time. Um, it's hard to kind of like see everything and understand what you can interact with and what you can't. And it kind of feels like you can interact with everything, even if it's pointless. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of times where you're just opening all these random drawers for nothing or picking up all these papers. You have no inventory, so you can't keep things with you. Um, so you're constantly just dropping things on the ground. And that's the thing. You can only hold one thing at a time. And for a while, it seemed to me like I couldn't hold something and go through a door. So I'm like, so then how do I get this item to there? But you could. It's just for some reason the game glitched out on me or something mm-hmm. for that first time I tried it. And just some of the things, I don't know how you would ever figure it out without the hints. They do have a good hint system here in the sense that every 300 seconds, it tells you that. <laughs> it's 300 seconds. Mm-hmm. You could ask for a hint. And then it gives you the countdown for like 300 seconds more. Mm-hmm. And there is a timer. You do have an hour to get through this thing. So I like how it's kind of like an escape room that way. But just, you know, there's like in the janitor's closet, there's a mirror and you have to somehow figure out, oh, I'm supposed to clean that. Am I the janitor? Am I supposed to clean that? And like I picked up this one item thinking, oh, I'll use this to clean the thing. And it's and like, it's that's not, not it. Right, you have to yeah. pick up, and then I pick up another thing that I can use to clean it because I'm in a janitor's closet. I, I'm surrounded by cleaning supplies. And after my like fifth try of picking something up, like, oh, so that works. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was very frustrating because we couldn't figure out we knew what we had to do, but we couldn't figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, or then later, you know, we figured out um we had to actually look up a hint because we just got completely lost. And we found out we had to put all of these items on this table, but still nothing was happening. And so we're like, and I, I put, don't understand. And it, and it even gives you a number. It says like put all five of this item on this table specifically. Cool, I did that nothing happened yeah and i'm like did the game just not recognize uh-huh. that i did that like it's frustrating because then i ask for another hint and it's the exact same hint yeah exactly it's not like okay you didn't understand this hint let's give you more information it's just nope this is what you get so i feel like this game i would only recommend it if you have vr 
Yeah, I think it it'd be easier like, to understand what you're seeing and interacting with stuff if you have right. VR. And moving around in that world with my mouse and keyboard was very cumbersome. And like I'm used to moving around with WASD controls and a, and a mouse you uh-huh. know, to look around. But I even with me setting the putting the settings to exactly where I wanted them to be, I was like, I, I still feel like an aqua teenager stumbling my way through this thing. And I shouldn't have to be struggling with my own movement when it's a timed game. Yeah. You know, so like we didn't even time out. We were like 40 minutes in. We're like, no, forget this. Yeah. Like, I mean, we, we just got to the point where we were so annoyed and angry with the game that we couldn't go on. <laughs> and like, I can see its potential. Like it does feel like an escape room and it's a cool mm-hmm. theme kind of, but it also does kind of just drop you in the middle with no explanation really. About- yeah. I mean, uh, that's, I think one of the problems with a lot of these both escape room, both escape room um, online or, or video game type escape rooms and those escape rooms in the boxes, a lot of times it's like you don't really understand what you're supposed to be doing a lot mm-hmm. of the times. So you're kind of like, I don't know, am, am I supposed to do this? Am I, you know, there's there's this weird kind of not understanding what it is that you're doing, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, at least here, like I said, it feels like, okay, I'm dropped in the middle of the escape room. I know I'm supposed to go pick stuff up and examine it, and then we'll figure it out from there. Yeah. But it's just, I felt like I was walking through molasses. And mm-hmm. so, like, it's not fair that I'm being timed. Yeah, and, and it was just, like, I feel like everything here is a red herring, and I don't know, right. you know. And then there's so many other things, like, oh, there's a red, orange, and blue thing up there. Is that supposed to be important? But I can pick it up and move it, which means that I guess the order doesn't matter. Yeah. Because otherwise I just messed it up. Yeah. And how am I supposed to remember that later, you know? Mm. And it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's like, the problem is that even in escape rooms in real life, unimportant things will often be nailed down. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you'll get the the occasional red herring or the occasional kind of flavor text-ish mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but it just, when you're actually in there, um, you're able to kind of interact with things more and you're able to kind of, especially after you've been doing it for a while, kind of see what is part of the game and what probably isn't yeah um you know we had the same thing when we did the virtual escape room um where we didn't check um these panels oh yeah that we would have checked had we actually been in the room because we would have been able to kind of tell that those were something you could touch but because we were just watching it we couldn't actually tell that that was something and that so they had was... to say like hey did you know that that pops out and you can like yeah, look at the back side like, of it oh no we did not i mean like you know but to tell the truth i i lived i moved in with you and i was in this house for like nine months before i realized that the mirror in the bathroom is actually a medicine cabinet <laughs> I lived here for like three years before I knew See? it was a medicine cabinet. So. <laughs> so sometimes being in person doesn't help either. True. But if you had to rank these three mm-hmm. in terms of your favorite to least favorite, mm-hmm. what would you rank them as? Um, I would say that the um, the room has probably the most escape. You know, it, it's. It doesn't make me feel like an escape room, but because of how the puzzles are and how it works, I mm-hmm. think it has the most uh, value to it and the most enjoyability, you know, okay. enjoyment. Um, I did, you know, the the other one we did, um, the, witness. the Witness, that one, I don't feel like it's an escape room at all, but that's not to say that there's anything wrong with it. It was still fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that I would want to like play through the whole thing. I think I would maybe get with it mm-hmm. um it's hard to tell i was actually not feeling well when we were playing it yeah. so like that kind of may have colored my feelings a little bit 
Um, but you know, I like mazes. I it just my brain lights up when I get to one. So mm-hmm. doing those was is a lot of fun. Um, I would not recommend the experiment at all. It just made me angry. <laughs> See, I kind of agree with you. I think the room mm-hmm. is my number one recommendation out of here. I would put then put the experiment because at least it is an escape room. Because I got the witness thinking it was something else. True. You know? And as much as the witness is a great game, I think it's disqualified. Yeah. Because it's not, it's, it's not really an escape room. You know? So, like, it's fun to talk about, you mm-hmm. know? And I thought it was good to mention on here that it's not an escape room. Yeah. So it does not belong to the second. Yeah. But it was still like, we played it like an escape room. And here's what we got, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a fun little brain teaser, I think. But um, but yeah, escape room, it is not. Right. And isn't that really what escape rooms are? Just a fun little brain teaser. <laughs> Very true. Okay, Greg. Um, so we talked about some good and bad online escape rooms. Um, but let's go to our Friday favorites. So my Friday favorite, and thankfully this Friday is my Friday. Because ah. we are doing our game rotations again, since mm. we've been being able to do some um, escape or uh, some game nights uh, with safe social distancing mm-hmm. regulations in place. We wear masks while around the table. You know? Yeah, there's no hugs when people walk in the door. <laughs> but um, one I'm going to be playing, or that I'm going to insist that we play, is one that uh, my friend Chris actually lent me called The Legends of Dragon Holt. Mm-hmm. Called the Legacy of Dragon Holt. <laughs> I had to, to read. No, I want to keep that in because I want to get the name right. Uh, and it's a cool game. It's it's D and D style mm-hmm. where you have a fantasy race and a class, and you make your character. But the cool thing is zero dice. It is a D and D choose your own adventure book. Mm-hmm. And what's great is that you actually do pick skills like you know athleticism or endurance or dueling skills things like that things that would be you know uh special bonuses you would give a dd character and you can give them backstories and stuff but all that does is it helps you unlock different options later on Mm -hmm. without spoiling too much there was a moment where i was at the base of this tree and i have like two npc companions with me and it gave me three options of like do you send the dwarf to climb it do you send the orc to climb it or do you climb it yourself Mm -hmm. right and the automatic option was send the orc to climb it. But if I had like the diplomacy skill, I could convince the dwarf to climb it. Or if I have athleticism, I could climb it. Mm-hmm. But based upon which option I chose for my character, limits or opens up rather other things. And then it like, you know, gives you different skills and you mark off like things that will come up later. You know, the game actually has a great system where it has like, you know, mark off N5. So that if it ever comes up of like, okay, well, did you climb the tree or did the ogre or did the orc climb the tree? That will make a difference later in the story because you saw what was in the distance versus what she saw in the distance, Uh you know? So I actually think it would be worth going back, having you make your character. Uh It takes like five minutes to make a character really. And we can play through that ourselves. And what's also great about it is that you take turns deciding who makes this decision. Mm. So like, if it's a decision about should we go to sleep right now or should we stay up at night during the campfire and talk and exchange stories? You know, because that also makes a difference about uh-huh. like, you know, how tired are you going to be in the morning, right? And if I've already made a decision that day, my little token from me will be exhausted. So then you have to make that choice. Uh-huh. 
or your character has to be the one whose stats are determining do we stay up or not. So I, it's interesting how like it's a story that you're telling together, but it also makes sure that everyone has an equal chance to contribute to the story. That's nice. It, it kind of feels like um, a good way to dip your toes into like a and d or something. Right. And like I said, there's... Or if you don't have the... See, the one of the things I think a lot of people run into is they want to play D&D, but they don't have like a dungeon master or something. Mm-hmm. This kind of provides that for this you. This provides that for you, yeah. And it has like, I think, six, uh, six books in it. That's like the different chapters, mm-hmm. right? And it has a really great hook where it's about... Um, a friend of yours writing you this letter saying like, oh, please come visit me. It's an urgent. But like in the letter, there's like all these spelling mistakes that you're like, that's not right. And there's a secret message in there. When you uh-huh. decode it, you're like, whoa. <laughs> I won't spoil what it is, but you know, it's very fascinating. Well, I'm surprised because I thought you were going to go with this one game that we've been playing a lot recently. And I that, almost did. I know what you're going to say. That is uh, Forgotten Waters, yeah. which is pirate-themed. Pirate-themed. And it's from one of our favorite game companies, Plaid Hat, which we've just kind of determined that we like all their games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and in true Plaid Hat fashion, it utilizes the kind of uh, game book that you're playing on. Which I love that innovation. Whoever yeah. came up with that, God bless you, sir or madam. Yeah, they, they use it in most of their games, and it's really clever, and it's a really neat way to play um, where the book is actually your um, your game board, essentially. Um, and you you know you get to a certain part in the story and it'll say okay now switch pages and um, but Forgotten Waters it's really cool because it's you know it's somewhat family friendly it's kind of as family friendly as you make it I would mm-hmm. say um, but essentially you are playing as pirates and you're going on these sort of quests and there's this whole computer um, website that you go to that kind of um, helps narrate what's happening and stuff and tells you what to do. Um, and there's certain things that you have to, each person has to look after. Like you might be in charge of looking after, um, the, how many crew members you have and how satisfied the crew is, right. or you might be, um, in charge of looking after the supplies or, um, what state the hull is in if you've taken damage and things like that. And this is definitely one of those ones that is way better with more people. Mm-hmm. The more people you can get together, the better this game goes. I think it goes up to like seven. Yeah. Or something. Um, and we, we actually don't own this game. A friend of ours does. And he did something really clever where you have these kind of like little character sheets for the different pirates. Mm-hmm. Um, and each pirate kind of has its own little story and things that it's better at and whatnot. Um, and he smartly had all of his laminated so that you can just write on them with markers and then wipe it off so you can just keep playing over right. and over again. But we made the rule that we're going to go through all the different characters first before we eliminate yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, but it's just nice because he, he extended the life of that yeah. greatly. But I, I, in our first adventure, played the lovesick pirate where I was pining after my mermaid that I saw <laughs> one time. Yes. Like I'm yeah. like, dude, you saw her once. <laughs> and and my fun story is that I'm a lovesick pirate, so I'm looking for my true love who's of the sea. And first round immediately I get a disfiguring scar in my face. Mm-hmm. So like she won't recognize me now. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, or one of our friends, she played the um ship's cook. Oh yeah. And she doesn't want to be a pirate, so she's constantly trying to poison us. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. Um but yeah, it's really fun if you like pirates. Um, once again, it's kind of family friendly and like it has that neat component of where you also have like the website or app that you can go to and it plays this whole narrative. Um, and it kind of tells you, okay, enter, you know, 
the number at the end, end of this page and then tell us what decision you made and then we'll Once tell again, you the outcome. it's kind of like a choose your own adventure. Yeah, Except for this sure. one is much more complex mm -hmm. because it actually does keep track of like stats, you know, and there's dice rolling involved. Uh -huh. And uh, the order of who gets to choose what to do next first mm -hmm. changes based upon what everybody did that round. Yeah, because you also have like... Um, kind of like prestige points or something yeah. that makes you then get like the first dibs on what we do next. Yeah. And, and what's also interesting is that some spots, only one person can go to mm -hmm. some spots, multiple people can go to some spots are spots of obligation where somebody has to go there. Yeah. And if you are the last to pick, you might be the one who's forced to go there and you know, you're not going to get anything. Yeah. You're just, you have, someone's got to clean out the latrine. And guess who's doing it? <laughs> Mr. Low Man of the Totem Pole. Yeah. You know. Um, but definitely a game, um, if any of that sounds interesting to you, we would recommend checking out because it's, it's been a new favorite of ours. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I would highly, highly recommend um, finding some kind of source online to get some background music to it, too. Mm -hmm. Because even though the app itself does have fantastic voice acting... And the main guy sounds exactly like Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z. Anyone who's ever listened to that show knows exactly what he sounds like. I would recommend getting some kind of background pirate music. Just for, like, the adventure, you know. But it's fun. It's a really good game, and I recommend it. I almost chose that for my game night. I thought you would, yeah. Cause... I almost did, but the thing is, I tried the Legacy of Dragon Hole, mm -hmm. and I gotta get you in it. It's so good. <laughs> okay, well, I think that does it for this episode. Music for this episode is Mega Rust by TwinMusic.com. You can find us anywhere podcasts are available. However, rates and reviews on iTunes are appreciated as it helps new listeners find our podcast. We can be found at Game Friday on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Come talk games with us. Thanks for listening and goodbye.